Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. We are continuing with our series, The Blessed Life. And as you may have uh, been uh, with us this past few weeks, this is the third week of this series. And this series originally is from the Gateway Church. It was preached by Robert Morris. So those of you who's been listening to him, this, we, uh, in reality, I don't think we do justice by doing this, but we did this three years ago, and, uh, and we, we decided to do it again. So this week, I'm supposed to do the, the principle of the purse, but a few weeks ago, as we were doing the church community, as I looked up the, the material, it's like, hey, it's exactly, it's almost the same thing that I have already preached. So I decided that I'll take a different route. But just so you might think that I'm better than Robert Morris, no, I'm not. The guy has been studying this for 20 years. Like what I said, we don't do justice on how he presented it. So go ahead and do the next slide. So if you don't want to miss that, the, that third week message, the principle of the purse, here's the link. It's uh, gatewaypeople.com ministry life event, the blessed life 2015, session 2015, 04, 24, the principle of first. Or just Google the Gateway Church. Robert Morris, principle of the first, and this should come up. Okay, that's the man. And if, you're in, and if you feel like you're, you're a bit challenged, you can actually read the book. There's a book. I've read the book, and one of the things that he will always keep repeating in the book is that you can never outgive God. I mean, I love it. Love the man. And he's been studying this for 20 years. That's why I said we don't really do justice by re-preaching what he preached. Okay. So, but, in, but in, the, in the theme of the blessed life, I want to take us to a different uh, direction. It's still about a, blessing, a, bless, a blessed life. So go ahead. I'm going to come out from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, this is what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I heard that the Leadership 215 is doing a New Testament survey. Anybody want to give a shot what the, the book of uh, Ephesians is about? <laughs> so, the, so what is the book of Ephesians about? Just a background. The Ephesians is one of the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in Ephesus because they were going through some troubles. I guess that's what it is. But the way Paul corrects troubles is he first corrects their idea or they cor- he corrects first their identity. That's how he does it. He corrects their identity. He corrects something internal so that they can walk it externally. That's always how Paul corrects the churches. So what really ensured what uh, was going on in, the, in Ephesus is that the church was having a wrong thinking, a wrong believing, and it's causing them to walk wrongly that's what it does when you believe wrong your action follows what you're believing wrong your action follows what you believe so wrong believing will lead you to wrong living and then right believing will lead you to right living amen so that's what paul was writing about in the book of ephesians so ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 this is what he's saying or this is the if i can sum it up what uh, what was going on was that the church in Ephesus were living like they were beggars. They were living like they were poor. When in reality, God has given them so much. 
they have a heavenly bank account that they did not understand or they did not see. And because they didn't see it, they didn't believe it or they didn't uh, believe it correctly, they were living like they were beggars. So Paul writes to them, and this is what he begins with, Ephesians chapter 1. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Now the word blessed has been so used up that sometimes we kind of lost the meaning of what blessed is. When, we, when, you're, when people sneeze, what do we say? God bless you. When you're walking down mazes and you see something on sale, oh, I want this. I don't really need it. You take a picture and you Instagram it and you say, hashtag bless. See it? So you're blessed because you came up on a sale. Oh, somebody's laughing hard. It must be true. <laughs> I can see you smiling. It must be true. <laughs> we use the word blessed so much that even in little things we say it's blessed. And it's okay. I mean, if you feel like you're blessed because you came upon a sale and you've been wanting it, not really needed, but you want it. It's now almost free. If you buy one, you get the second free. So it's free, right? No, it's not free. It's still paying it. But that's what it is. So here Paul says, you have been blessed. So here's the first point. This is, the first point should be easy. We are blessed in Christ. Go back to the scripture. I want to show you something. No, the word blessed, is that, uh, all you English grammars, English teachers, is that a present? Is that a past or a future tense? It's a past tense. So what does that mean? The blessing or the action has already been done. So God has already blessed, blessed us or blessed them with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. But that blessing comes in Christ. In Christ, through the cross, through what Jesus Christ has done in the cross, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has already been given. It's already been blessed to the church. Does that make sense? So that's point one. Point one is easy. We are already blessed in Christ. When we take what Christ has done for us, when we receive what he did on the cross, we are already in that place that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Amen? Point one. Now you might ask, but isn't the spiritual blessing, all the blessings that we get in heaven, what are we going to do with a spiritual blessing? We're living on earth. And that's usually the case when, it, when, they, when they show this verse. I've heard that uh, reasoning before. But to make the point, let's go to point number two. The point number two is this. We are blessed with every spiritual blessings in Christ. And the reason I believe why people begin to ask that is really because there's really no... It's never been elaborated. It's never been expounded. What is all the spiritual blessings in Christ that we have, bless, we, that we have been blessed with? I want to put the 215, in, <laughs> the leadership 215 on the spot. Uh, Ophi was a was MC yesterday, uh, last week, and she said, as being a teacher, what do teachers do? Put you in the spot, right? No. Okay, so what is it? What are these every spiritual blessings that we have been blessed with already? And I think that's why we cannot appreciate it in the same way how the church did not understand it was because it is not something physical, it is not something tangible, but it is a spiritual blessing. Spiritual blessings are what? They're invisible. And Paul encourages that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, fix not your eyes on the things that are visible, but to those things that are invisible or the things that are not seen. Because the things that are not seen are eternal, 
and the things that are seen are temporary. Anything that you see, touch, feel is temporary. I mean, anything physical is temporary. But the spiritual blessings that God has given to us are invisible. They are eternal. So these are the lists. Okay, we're going to go through chapter 1, 2, and 3 today. No, we're not. I, I took upon myself to list down all, everything that Paul was talking about. That every spiritual blessings that we have in the heavenlies in Christ. So if you're taking notes by taking a picture of the screen, go ahead. Uh, I'm so amazed by that. Usually you would write it down, but now since you got your phone, you just take a picture of the screen. It's like, oh, wow. It took me a while to figure out why people keep taking a picture. It's like, why are they taking a picture of the screen? I thought they were just looking at what the, what the score for the games is today. Is the game today? Tomorrow? Okay. I'll put that into the message. Don't worry. Okay. So this is what Paul was talking about. If you read chapter 1 to 3 of Ephesians, he elaborates, he explains this one by one. It's adoption acceptance, redemption, forgiveness, wisdom, inheritance, the seal of the Holy Spirit, life, grace, and citizenship. And I will touch on three of this. So this is the spiritual gift. All of this you cannot see. And that's why I believe that when we, when we think of a blessed life, we always think about physical. Chris, as he did the first week, he started off by saying that a blessed life does not necessarily mean a blessed pocketbook or a blessed wallet. Though it is part of the blessing, when you have much in your wallet and when you have much in your, uh, on your checkbook. And, and I think that's, what, that's the, the thing about it. That's why you cannot see it. So I've taken also upon myself to kind of see, probably these are what we would think of when we think of earthly blessing. This is what we're thinking of. Go ahead, show the next slide. Would you agree with me? Would you consider wealth as an earthly blessing? Okay, we're too spiritual, I guess not. How about riches? Financial prosperity, which includes possessions. How about honor? Having a good name, having a good reputation. A good life. How about a good job? Many of us end up in a job that we don't like. Like what Ben said, he had a career that he's not even using. Or he has a, a, college, uh, a college degree that he's not even using. A health. Long life, peace, trouble-free, good relationship. Would you agree with me that this we can consider an earthly blessings? While we're on earth, it's good to have possession. So not because once you pass from this earth, you cannot take your goods. There's a uh, there's a joke uh, that's been recirculating for I guess in the Christian world for I guess hundred years that a man took all his gold and went up to heaven, and when he was at the gates, Peter asked, "Why are you bringing dirt to heaven?" Because the heavens. The roads are gold. So you cannot take your possessions into heaven. That's why I, I would consider this to be earthly. And we need them while we're living here. Amen? Would you agree? Okay. <laughs> I guess we're not. <laughs> so what is it? What is it that makes us pursue earthly blessings? Well, uh, the real answer is really because the spiritual blessings sometimes we cannot see. And it's, it's hard for us to believe that what we cannot see actually exists. So what, would, what do we pursue? The things that we can see. But as I, as I said earlier, Paul encourages us to seek the things that are unseen because they're the eternal things. So going back to uh, spiritual blessing. Go back, please. Now let me show you. I'll, I'll touch on three if I can. I'll show you that 
if you seek the spiritual blessings that God has already given you, you actually get a lot of the earthly blessings. Adoption, and these are in order on how Paul wrote them, and it's not in random. The reason why it's not in random, I believe it's because they're like a chain. If you have the first one, the first, the second one will cling on to that one, the third one. So adoption is the first one that Paul said, you have been blessed with the spiritual blessing of adoption. What is adoption? I'm adopted. So I thought I know what adoption is. It's not like Tor Loki adoption, right? That's a different adoption. My sister was also adopted. She had a different parent. No. We're both the, we have the same biological parents we were adopted. So I, I, I used to think I know what adoption is when it's spoken in the Bible. That the, the family that you were adopted into, of course you carry their name. My last name now is Gib. My original surname would have been Pangilinan with an I. In Guam, it has an E. So Pangilinan. So I now carry... Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Arman. <laughs> I always forget to introduce myself. My name is Armin. In behalf of Pastor Mark and Terry, who are in the Philippines, welcome to Life in the Sun. I will be your speaker for today. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I always forget to introduce myself. I always feel like everybody knows who I am. But anyway, yeah, I was adopted. I was, me and my sister was adopted. Just in case uh, you're thinking who my sister is, you'll find out later on. Well, she's actually over there. I can see her. It's the first time I saw her in the sanctuary. I don't know. So anyway, we're adopted. So we carry the last name of Gib. So I, my idea of adoption is, is that because I am now a Gib, everything that the Gib family possessed is now mine. And that's correct. That's also written in the Bible. Is that now because you are sons, you are now heir. Meaning you are heir in the line of Abraham. And that's what Paul was talking about or was uh, telling the Ephesians. Before you were not a people. Before you did not have God with you. You were without hope. You were without God. You did not share an inheritance with Israel. That's what Paul was explaining to them in chapter 1. So that's what he was saying. But now because God has given you a spirit of adoption, you now share in the promises of Israel. And church, that is why we're able to quote Deuteronomy chapter 28 and Leviticus chapter 26, promises that were given to the nation of Israel because we have been given a blessing of adoption. That the same promise that flowed to the blood of the Jewish people, that, that, that great promise of, uh, in Deuteronomy 28 where it says, you would always be the head, you will never be the tail. You would always be above, you will never be beneath. Everything that you touch will succeed. You are blessed coming in, you are blessed coming out, you are blessed in the city, you are blessed in the country. Everywhere you go, you are blessed. The only reason why we can quote that and we can have a confidence in quoting that is because we have been, giving a bless, we have been given a spiritual blessing of adoption. That's all. You cannot, out of, if you remove Christ out of the picture, you cannot say, I am blessed because God is blessing me. The only reason, that's what Paul was explaining to them. You have been blessed because the, the spirit of adoption is upon you. But this morning, God showed me something even greater than that. In fact, uh, I had to explain it to my wife first. She's always the first one that gets to hear it. Because every time I get a revelation, I'm sitting there looking at the wall, and I would go, wow. 
Okay, let me catch my breath. I think I'm getting too excited. Adoption. So in the book of Romans, in the book of Galatians, and in the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about you have been given a spirit of adoption. In the book of Romans, it says you have not been given again a spirit of fear and a spirit of bondage. That's not the spirit that you've been given. You've been given a spirit of adoption. And it goes in Galatians where it says, The same spirit of sonship that is in Christ has been given into your heart, has been put into your heart. Ephesians says that you have been predestined as sons in Christ. That's what, the, that's what it really means to have the spirit of adoption, which means as Jesus cried out to God, Abba, Father, that same spirit, church, that same spirit has been given into our hearts that we also can cry out, Abba, Father. When Jesus called God in the New Testament, Abba, Father, he was never heard of. The Jewish people always approached God with fear. And that's why, and that's why he was telling them, the very tabernacle that was, that was made for the presence of God was separated by the veil. And only once did the high priest would enter. And the high priest was not always happy to enter. How do they feel? If they had their emojis today, they probably have that sad face with fear on them. Because they knew if their life was not right, they would die. And they only do this once a year. And that was the spirit that they had towards God. They would never have that spirit of sonship. They had the spirit of fear within them. That's why when Jesus said, you have been given the spirit of adoption, it is a spirit of intimate relationship where a son can cry out to God all the time and said, Abba, Father. And that's why it was almost so radical for them to hear Jesus say, I will go and ask my father. When he would pray, he would just say, Father, I know that you hear me and that you always hear me. And that's one of, that is the first spiritual blessing that God the Father has given us in Christ is that we also in the same spirit with confidence and without fear can go approach God and say, Father, here I am. Can you imagine? I don't think you guys can imagine it. Can you imagine praying like Jesus prayed? Jesus never had a prayer that, that, that takes two minutes. When he asked Lazarus to come out, all he asked was what? Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Three-word prayer. Is that correct? Right? Lazarus, come forth. That's it. Anybody, have you heard anybody pray three words and the dead came up to life? No. Because he had that spirit of, that he knows that he is a son. Jesus knew that the Father is pleased with him. Jesus knew that the Father, he is called the beloved of the, of the Father. And that's the spirit that he's coming from whenever he approached God. See, we approach God with a different spirit. If you're just honest enough, I, I, I know that there are some of us that who, even, who always have this intimidating approach to God that will God really hear me? And sometimes we look upon ourselves and it's like, but I just, I just failed. I just made this mistake. How can God really hear me? Uh, once again, Ben was talking about that earlier. And that's the spirit of adoption that the God the Father has given us. We have been given that spiritual blessing of adoption. Can you imagine your prayer life? If you just realize it, that 
God does not look at you as if you're looking at your mistake, but with the same spirit. It's really, it's really, uh, it's uh, the spirit of Jesus coming within you. And with that place, you can stand in the front of God, in the throne of God and say, Father. And that's not easy for some of us. In fact, uh, in my six week of uh, nine weeks of painful knee recovery, that's what, what I was crying out. Lord, I just want to be a son. Since I was adopted, I really did, I have two sets of parents, which both of them, I really didn't have a good relationship as a, as a son. And that's what I was crying out for. Lord, I want to be a son. I want to feel how it is to be a son. Most of us who never learn how to be a son and we become fathers, we fail because we really didn't know how to become a son. Now that we have a son, it's almost like we didn't complete the cycle of being a son. Now we're a father. So, so, so somewhere along the way, uh, we fell in that uh, area of our life. So adoption is the first thing. Are you still with me? The next thing is acceptance. I'm not going to touch on all of this or else we're going to be here for an hour or probably more. But the second thing is acceptance. And I'm showing you this. See, in, in adoption, many of us come to God with fear. If you only know that we've been given the spirit of adoption, that fear will dissipate. You can always approach God as a son. It will also remove that mentality that I'm a slave and God is a master. Or I'm a disciple, God is a teacher. Those two relationships lacks one thing, intimacy. The spirit of adoption gives us that intimate relationship to cry out to God. And that was one of the biggest things that, and I believe that's why it was the first one that Paul mentioned, because God is always after our hearts. Amen? The second thing is acceptance. The word that you, Paul uses here is that we are accepted in the beloved. And this too really works hand in hand. I've used this illustration before. Jesus was called by the Father, my beloved. Okay? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Have you ever heard that from your own father? Okay, let's not get there, okay? You are my beloved son in whom, or you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In the book of Proverbs chapter 8, it says that Jesus was the delight of the father daily. He was the delight of the father daily. That's, that's, that's a description that was given about Jesus being he was uh, personified as wisdom, but then it says that I was daily his delight. Jesus is always the delight of the Father. There is, really is. If we read in Deuteronomy where it says that Israel is the apple of God's eye, in reality, Jesus is the apple of God's eye, the apple of the Father's eye. He is really the heart of the Father. Everything about Jesus is really what the Father looks into. And that's why acceptance... Being the second one is that the scripture says that we are accepted in the beloved. We are accepted in Christ. You probably heard this before. There, uh, I've heard it through so many uh, pe people's comments. They said that the young people today, or even back then, they love to join gangs. Because in, when they get into a gang, they feel what? Accepted. And sometimes gangs are not good influence, Correct. They tell you to do this, do that. Uh, and if you do that, then we'll accept you. Those are the young ones. But I think the, the adults are a little bit more, uh, I think we had too much pride to, to actually uh, 
admit that that acceptance mentality never left. We may never join gangs, but what we do is we join associations. <laughs> we join what? Uh, we join clubs. We join, what's another word for associations that I was trying to get? Uh, like the, 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 see, we may not join the gang, but what we do is we join certain clubs. Clubs like sports clubs, things that we're good at. Why? Because when you're good at, what, what becomes the talk? Oh, I'm, you, because you're so good. Everybody praises you. Oh, you're so good. I was driving last week, and we were following this vehicle. It's a high-end brand, so I'm not going to mention what it is. I'll just say a Toyota Tacoma because I own a Toyota Tacoma. So it's, so on the sticker behind this vehicle, it says, Toyota Tacoma Owners of Guam. It's like, wow. It's, it's not really a Tacoma, okay? It's a higher-end brand. I don't want to. I've seen it parked outside uh, that brand, so I don't want to chase you out of the church. But the thing is, uh, if you do not own that kind of vehicle, can you be part of that club? No. Like, uh, for example, the Volkswagen Association of Guam, I think there is one. If you own a Nissan, can you go to them and say, hey, I want to be part of your club? What would they say? No, you don't own a Volkswagen. See? What, uh, and, and I'm not saying that everybody who joins club are joining it for the wrong reason. But what I'm saying is this. Hear me out. You can join associations. You can join clubs and all of this for the wrong reasons because you want to feel accepted. And the part that, and the difficult part is if you want to be feel accepted, you got to have either the possession in order to be part of that. If you don't own a Tacoma and you own a Nissan, oh, I'm sorry, but you cannot be in my club. Only Tacomas, okay? See, it, it's easy. Uh, or you, you be part of a sports club. Uh, can you be part of a soccer club and you say, I want to play tennis with you guys? Most likely not. But if you're good at soccer, of course, you, you will always be the talk of the, of the group. So my point is this. We sometimes... Because we want to feel accepted, we make foolish decisions by buying to be part of it. Or because we do it so well, that's why careers has become a number one. Uh, I, ha I know of a person who comes to work so early in the morning, like 4.30 in the morning. We don't clock in until 7. So I'm really wondering why. But the thing is, when you feel like you're accepted either at your work because you have such a high skill, because you do your job so well, and you enjoy the praises of man, that's what you will pursue. You will pursue fame. You will pursue uh, recognition from man. But to be accepted in Christ, it's like, I like how uh, uh, there's a church in California, I think Shepherd's Grove. They start their service every Sunday with a creed. And it's, it goes like this. I am not what I do. I am not what I have. I am not what people say about me. I am the beloved of God. That's who I am. No one can take that from me. I don't need to worry. I don't need to hurry. I can trust my friend Jesus and share his love with the, word, with the world. God accepts us not because of what we do. God accepts us not because of what we have. God accepts us not because of what people say you are. Oh man, Armin, you're so good at basketball. I have not played basketball in four years. So... But I used to be good according to somebody. <laughs> but, yes, but that's the thing. You play a sports and you're so good at it. Everybody will praise you, isn't it? 
And sometimes that's what, bring, that's what brings acceptance in us. And that's what drives us to pursue earthly blessings in life when we don't, what we don't realize is it's already been given to us. It's just that God knows it more, that you got to know it internally so that you don't have to pursue it externally. Amen? Okay, we got one more. Actually, we don't have one more. Okay, wisdom. Last, then I'll move on to the next, uh, next point. Wisdom. Let me read it to you. Make it quick. This would be faster. Earthly blessings, wealth, possessions, fame, honor. Correct? This is what wisdom says. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Seek wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Chapter 4, verse 7. David told his son, if all you're seeking, seek wisdom. Wisdom is one of the spiritual blessings that God has given us. Seek wisdom. In James, it says, if you lack wisdom, ask God, and he will give it to you liberally. Liberally. Generously. It says here in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better. Whose proceeds? Wisdom's proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things she may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days. We're pursuing health, exercise, good food because we want to extend our days. Isn't it not? Don't feel ashamed, okay? It's okay. It helps. I don't know, probably 20%. One pastor says, I believe... That the exercise and what we eat helps us about 20% to stand our day. But here's what it says about wisdom. Length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand, riches and honor. Uh, and there's so much more. Her ways are ways of pleasant three. She is a three of life, those who have, uh, have take hold of her. Um, chapter 8. One more. That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth and I may fill their treasures. We chase after, we pursue after wealth, possession, riches. But yet we've been given wisdom. If only we would take it. Health, riches, honor is on together with wisdom. So what would be the wise thing to do? Pursue the second or pursue the first? Pursue the first, correct. I think we need wisdom on that. <laughs> I think we needed wisdom on that, okay? But that's the thing, and this is what Paul was really saying, is that we have been given all of this. We have been given all the spiritual blessings in Christ, and if only we would pursue it, everything that we see under earthly follows after all of this. That's what it is. And this is really, and we, as we said, the blessed life is not only about a blessed wallet or a blessed uh, checkbook, but it's really holistic. It's everything about life. Adoption tells you, gives you this, uh, this confidence to approach God in prayer. Acceptance makes you feel like I don't need to possess certain things. I don't need to do certain things. I don't need to listen to what other people say about me. I am accepted by Christ because, Jesus, because God the Father saw Christ as the beloved Son. All you have to do, is, that's the example that I was going to give. That's why I grabbed my Bible. So this is an example. This is what it means to be accepted in the beloved. I've used this illustration before. If this is us, you, me, and this is 
Christ, okay? It's appropriate, and the Word became flesh and made His dwelling, and in the, the beginning was the Word. So if this is us, and it says that we are accepted in the Beloved, and the Beloved is Christ, then we are placed in Christ. And when the Father looks at you, who does He see? Christ. Are you sure about that way? It's still Christ. No matter how you flip it over upside down, because you are accepted in the Beloved, who is Christ, the Father in heaven only sees Christ. That's why you don't need to possess certain vehicles. It is good to have good cars. I, 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 I would agree with you. Yes, I love driving good cars because I had an old car before that keeps breaking down. I hated it. So I love having good cars. But you don't need to possess certain possessions in order to be accepted because in Christ, you are accepted like a beloved son because all the Father sees is really just Christ. You are in Christ. Amen? Wisdom. Grace would be the last thing that I want to talk about. I mean, we really can take an hour to talk about this. And the next point. So these are your spiritual blessings. So the encouragement is seek things that are invisible. Seek the spiritual blessings that God has given to us. Because in them, it's almost like the other earthly blessings will come. Be wise. Okay? And then lastly, we are blessed by grace through faith, not of works. That w- that word, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And I will go ahead. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Being saved. What does it mean to be saved? The word saved is really the word salvation. If you have done one-to-one, this is the first chapter of one-to-one. How do they explain salvation to you? It means how can an unrighteous man... Stand before a righteous God when he has not committed anything righteous, but because somebody else who was righteous was punished for your sin and that righteousness was imputed to you, therefore you can stand before God righteously because somebody else's righteousness was imputed to you. Salvation. We stand before God not because of our own righteousness, because we have been given a gift of righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus, and that's what the Father sees in us. It is by grace. Now, I don't know if you would agree with me. Would you agree with me that salvation is the greatest blessing, the greatest miracle that we will ever witness in this side of heaven? Would you agree? Do you believe that how can a man like me stand before God and enter his kingdom when I have not, according to his standard, I have not done anything righteous? It was because his son has given me his righteousness and therefore I can come in. That's salvation. Would you agree that's the greatest miracle ever? Are you convinced that is the greatest miracle ever? That is the greatest blessing that you would ever receive? Are you convinced? Amen. So if that is the greatest, if salvation is the greatest and the best blessing that we would ever receive, it was given to us as a gift. It was given to us by grace. Grace is really the favor of God. It was His idea. It was His goodness that why He gave that He was uh, that He gave us His righteousness. That's what it is. And this is, I believe, one of the things what what's keeping us from receiving is that we think that God still has something that He's holding on to in heaven, and that if by by chance of we live a good life here on earth. That when we finally reach heaven, then we can receive that. 
we can receive this best treasure that God has, this greatest treasure. We were just uh, singing about that. But church, Jesus is the greatest treasure that God ever has. And he gave it to us so freely right from the beginning. That's why grace is not easy to understand. It takes sometimes a revelation to understand grace. Because grace is God's way. Man's way is this. And this is easy. Man's way is the reason why the Cavs and the Golden State are fighting is what? Because they want to know who's the best of the East. Of course, you got the best of the West. But they still want to know who's the best on the NBA for 2018. Right? In every competition... You always come out who the best, the strongest, the greatest. And whoever comes out as the best, the greatest, and the fastest, the strongest, what do you give to them? A trophy. Man always holds back the best and the greatest for the best and the greatest. Did you hear me? Man's way is this. Man will always hold the greatest and the best possession so he can give it to the best and the greatest. God is not that way. That would be a lie for you to believe that God does that. God, in the, God the Father, has the best in Jesus. He has the greatest in Jesus. And God the Father offered him up to us when we were undeserving. That is the God that we serve. That's why grace sometimes takes a revelation to understand. Works is easy. Works is tomorrow is Monday. I'm going into work for eight hours. After I clock up, what, how much does my employer pay me? Eight hours. Because I only earn eight hours. Grace says that I'm giving you the best and the greatest I ever possess. My beloved son. The one I delight in. And I'm giving it to you, though you're undeserving. So that at the end of your life, it's not like I've withheld something from you. I've already given you the best. Amen. Church, there really is nothing else greater than Jesus that God the Father has given to us. There really is nothing else that he's holding next to his heart and saying, I'm saving this for the best and the greatest in life in the Son. I'm going to give this to the best and the greatest. Perhaps it's Elmore or perhaps it's Ben. He might be the greatest and the best in life in the Son. No, Jesus was freely given by the Father to us. Romans chapter 8.32. Go ahead. It says, if he did not spare his own son, if he did not spare his best and his greatest, how can you not believe that God will also give along with the best and the greatest all these earthly possessions that we pursue after? You hear that, church? And that really is the heart of God. And, that's, and, it, and it's hard to understand. How can that be? Man, we've always, in fact, we preach it in a way that in order for you to get the, ble- the full blessing of God, the best of God, then you need to be working for it. You need to be the best. But God didn't do it that way. He gave us the best and the greatest in the form of Jesus, his only son, the son whom he loved, the son where he said, I delight on this one. This is the thing that causes my delight every single day. And I'm giving him to man, though man does not deserve it. Amen. Oh, I'm lost. Freely given to us. So what's stopping us from really receiving 
all of this. This is, or we're talking about the blessed life. God has given us all this spiritual blessing. He's given us adoption. He's given us acceptance. He's given us wisdom. He's given us uh, his, his grace, his favor towards us. But what's really stopping it then? Why is it that we cannot see ourselves walking in these blessings? And that might be the greatest question that we would ever ask. So go ahead and uh, go to Luke. And I'm going to end with this. The story of the prodigal son. Uh, I guess the service really went, uh, we're going. Uh, band started with it. Let me continue where he, he left off. So when the son came back, did you hear his uh, story earlier? It's a parable in chapter 15 of Luke where Jesus said there was a man, a rich man who had two sons. One of the sons said, Lord, a father, give me my inheritance. So he did it. He divided his inheritance into two. And the younger took his inheritance, went off to a faraway land, lived in riotous living. Then finally he realized I'm out of money and nobody wants to help me. Now I see, uh, now I'm feeding figs and I want to eat the, the food that the figs are are eating so I will go back to my father and will tell my father father I'm no longer worthy to be called your son make me one of your servants so he came back and that's where Ben was saying even before he can tell his father father I have sinned against you and against heaven the father stopped him and said come here son embrace him kissed him kiss 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 kissed him put the robe on him put the sandals on him put the ring on him kill the padded cup let's have a party because my son who was dead is alive again. That was the, the younger son. I want to focus on the older son. The older son, however, came back from the field and said, What is this? What's going on? Why is there so much noise? Why is there a party going on? So one of the servants came out and, and, uh, and talked to the son. And the son said, I'm not going in. So the father came out to meet the older son. And this is what the old, uh, and the father said, What is it? What's going on? Why wouldn't you come in? Why wouldn't you celebrate? So this is what the older son said to the father. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Then the father said, Son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. What's my point here? I believe the reason why we cannot walk in the blessings of God has nothing to do with God has withheld from us. He has not withheld anything from us. As you saw, it's not because... See, the Father didn't correct him when he said, I have worked for you and I have never transgressed you. But I believe what it is that's causing us to miss out on a lot of the blessings in life in Christ is because we have a wrong perception of the Father. And that's why Paul writes in Ephesians... He began by saying, you already are blessed. God has already blessed us. But don't be like the second son and you're trying to work for it when it is by the favor of God. And God said, everything that I have already belongs to you. Your father in heaven is a good God. Our father in heaven, not the sure father. My father in heaven is a good God. And, but it is the way we see him that sometimes holds back. Because if you have a wrong, if you see him as one to be feared, you will never approach him. And I believe that's why adoption is the first spiritual blessing that God has given to us. So that we can get our relationship right with him. Taylor, our founding pastor Taylor Stewart would always tell us. 
if you can get your relationship right with God, everything else will fall into place. And it, 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 it does. It, the Bible backs it up. If you know that you have the spirit of adoption, that when God the Father sees you as he sees Jesus, it brings so much confidence in you. It allows you to take risks and fail, knowing that your failure is just another way of getting back up. I'm going to try it a different way. But yet sometimes failure causes us to fear because we think that God is ready to be mad at us the moment we fear we fail. But really it's the opposite. Faith allows us to take risks and allows us to take the risk even though we might not be able to do it and allows us to even fail but yet knowing that God is so good that when you fail, he'll bring you back up and he's going to say, go ahead, try it again. Amen? So church... Don't be like the second son. God has already given us so many things, but yet because we think of God differently, it's causing us not to approach him. It's causing us not to ask for him. We think that by working, and sometimes ministry, we think that, Lord, I've worked this ministry. I've been doing this ministry. I deserve your blessing. No, that's man's way. Lord, I have been obedient to you. I've, been, I've done everything. I've never transgressed you. Therefore, I deserve this blessing. No, grace is undeserving. It's never about your work. It's about the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Let's end. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are a good God. Hallelujah. Father, I just even pray for us right now. And Lord, I pray that you do business with our hearts. I pray that you change the way we see you. And Lord, I pray for us as a church that we will always see you as a good father. We will always see you as a good God. That Lord, there really is nothing more, nothing else that you have waiting for us that's, that we think or we can even imagine. And that's why you said, whatever it is, you, can, you, you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ever think or imagine. Because Jesus really is. No, there really is no other greater than Jesus. So, Father, thank you for that gift. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for all the spiritual gifts that you have given to us. And Lord, I pray for us, us as a church that we would learn, Father. We would learn to seek the things which are unseen and allow the things that are seen to flow into our lives effortlessly. So, Father, be with us today. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for the revelation that you have given. Amen.